Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. What has happened to you, Tim? <laughs> Are you talking about the mustache? It's, uh, yeah. it's for Top Gun. It's but for I was, Top Gun. I, I was also quoting Penny Sapphire, you know? <laughs> I completely forgot was in the show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And rounding out our group today is the one and only Sage Ryan from Pixel Circus. Sage, how you doing? Hi, friends. I'm doing very well. Uh, these elf ear headphones are the only headphones I could find. Uh, this isn't just my <laughs> I'm quirky kind of morning. This is just where we're at today. <laughs> this is where we're at. I, Sage, there's something so sage about this moment, though. You know, Thank you, you have much. to admit that this is just this is just right. You know, I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this is the kind of funny screencast for each and every week. We get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. We will be doing weekly reactions to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Today, we're talking about episodes one and two. And then for the next couple weeks, we're going to be doing one by one episode by episode with anthony carboni as well he could not be here today because he's at star wars celebration and last week he lied to me i asked him are you going to be near you and are you going to be near hayden he's like they don't let me near him and then what happens barrett roll the clip away from people being able to see this is there anything you want the fans to know or any last thing you want to say to him before we get to see this series tonight this is where the fun begins. Yeah. <laughs> I love the world that we live in that not only is that a thing that makes a, a crowd erupt in rapturous applause, but yes. also that Carboni was the one, the maestro behind it all. It's just such, such uh, proud of our boy. Proud we're of our all boy, very proud sure. of our boy. <laughs> I have I loved it. all of the clips going around. There was also uh, a clip of some uh, fans of the audience yelling "Spider Boys." Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so you got you'll love to see a shout to Rudio with them. Uh, but this is kind of funny. Screencast. I already went through all that stuff. It is one of our various entertainment shows here, and kind of funny. The other one being in review, where we rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. This week, for the very first time, I dived in to Top Gun. I had never seen the original, uh, and now I have. And since then, I've seen Top Gun Maverick twice. And I'm telling everyone, there's a fair warning that I keep having to give to everyone. There is you before you've seen Top Gun Maverick, and then there's the you after. It is a religious experience. Uh, this is now my entire personality. I apologize in advance, uh, but I do not apologize for how amazing Top Gun Maverick is. Go, go watch this this weekend if you want to change your life. Um, but... We'll talk about that on In Review that's happening later. You can find that on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunny or RoosterTeeth.com. You'd also get all of these shows on your favorite podcast service by searching for Kind of Funny Screencast, Kind of Funny In Review. Honestly, just type Kind of Funny and anything that you're interested in, just hit subscribe. That'll help us out a lot. Uh, if you have some dollars to toss our way to support us even more, you can go to Patreon.com slash KindOfFunny, just like our Patreon producers, Anonymous, Molecule, and Fargo Brady have done. They get the show ad-free. Uh, and speaking 
speaking of ads, we're brought to you by MeUndies Chime and Credit Karma, but I'll talk about all of that later. Let's get right into it. We've seen episodes one and two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sage, what did you think? It's so hard not to just uh, scream in response to this. I understand that I am in the uh, fresh new Star Wars content high, and I might have some criticism later, but at this time, there is only screaming inside my heart. I love that. I love that so much. And you know what? Actually, I should have said this at the very top of the show. Barrett and I were talking. We were deciding that for our Star Wars content uh, from now going forward, it is totally, totally spoiler-filled from the get-go. We're not giving spoiler-free thoughts at all. We're just going all in. And that includes all of the canon lore, all of the, the cartoons and Rebels and Clone Wars, all that stuff. Like, we're going to have discussions. So just so everybody understands what, what page we're on here. Great. Then now that you said that, baby, let up. Let's go, baby! Woo! <laughs> Barrett, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm kind of the same place as Sage. Like, yeah, like there's some things that like made me scratch my head, but overall, like these first two episodes, like this this story uh, with Obi Wan post episode three with a you know live action element starring Ewan McGregor is what I've wanted as a fan for the last 17 years, and we finally got that. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was super incredible. It, it it hit a lot of things that. I was expecting to see in the follow-up of where Obi-Wan is 10 years later after the events of Episode 3, but then at the same time still being delivered things I did not expect, right? Like, we had an idea of, like, maybe why he's going on the adventure that he's going to go on from the trailers and stuff, but I never would have predicted that would have connected to baby Leia um, in any way, shape, or form, and, like, the way that they are, uh, like, telling the story and, you know... Um, it, none of it felt unearned uh, so far. You know, I know there's like the the classic Star Wars criticisms of like, oh, everything always has to connect, and that's so boring. Uh, with this though, I, I I really think they like kind of earn it, especially with the relationship between Obi and uh, Senator Organa and all of this stuff. And realistically, just like where everybody is at ten years later, I I'm yeah, I'm really excited to see what these like next two acts are. Cause we essentially got the first act of the story last night. And I, I, as first acts of, you know, star Wars shows have gone so far. Um, I think this was absolutely incredible. You know, we got, you know, the, the typical we're on Tatooine, but I, I think it's still delivered like a lot of great moments of sitting with Obi-Wan and sitting with him and where he's at, but also, you know, getting to the point of why he's leaving, why he needs to go out and uh, go do this and what, and not just for, from a plot sense, but also from a character sense. Um, yeah. I, I, I really adored my time last night and um, yeah, you, uh, Alyssa was like, yeah, you were, that's the most excited I've seen you watching star Wars in a very long time. Like probably since the first time you watched rebels. And I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's where we're at right now. Yeah, Sage talked about the the Star Wars high. I definitely have that as well. Like, I think just from a presentation standpoint, like, they really were like, yo, this one's different. Like, this one, I mean, they gave us kind of the movie treatment a little bit, even with, like, the the sound cues and stuff with the Lucasfilm and uh, the, the credits being the more classic Star Wars credits. And uh, even the, like, little previously on being, like, just a epically uh, edited uh prequel kind of montage I, I thought was so well done and so great to like get you in the mood yeah. um and i was i was totally in the mood and i was the entire time i can't wait to watch these again um i think they're far from flawless but i think that when it comes down to it like my criticisms are 
are very, very low compared to how exciting so much of this is to me. I do think that so far, it's not like they're doing anything that's revolutionary. They're not changing what Star Wars is or means, but they're kind of just delivering what Star Wars uh, can be in a good way to so many people. And yes, it does connect. Everything does connect. If we, If you're expecting it not to, Star Wars probably isn't for you. That's what the franchise is at this point. And I marked out seeing Baby Leia, and I thought that she was awesome. I thought oh. that this little kid is such a little shit in the best ways. So and I'm like, this is great. We get to see Leia be a princess. Like, we get to see her getting all put in little outfits and the whimsically music playing. We see Alderaan. I'm like, yo, this is this is what I would would have loved to see from some of the prequel stuff um this feels very much like a sequel to the prequels yeah. and take that for what it is right like i understand that the prequels made a lot of bad choices in terms of like okay r2 was there and c3po and chewbacca and like the, the places they go and all that but i do feel like this is a a modern sequel to those in a way that is feeding into our nostalgia and happiness for the things we liked about them and it is kind of weird to see Luke and Leia and them feel like prequel characters. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I kind of dig yeah. it. I, I love the bait and switch from the trailers, right? Because you, you see a little bit of Luke in the in the trailer. And I remember, like, uh, people were like, oh, are they, they're recasted Luke. Oh, God. And then, you know, we didn't even get any hint of Leia. And when they first introduce her in this episode and they're, like, specifically not showing her at first, I was like, Ah, uh, they couldn't find they like they couldn't find a kid. This is just like a a cute little tease, but they're not going to show her. And then just yeah. how much she is like almost the core of the show so far. I was just like so it's blown incredible. away by it, and like how fucking fantastic the casting is. I can only imagine how hard that is because of you know just finding child actors in general, but then finding the right child actor to pull off a, a character who's uh, been beloved for 45 years at this point, and for them to absolutely nail the depiction of not just young Leia uh, compared to, like, what we've seen her even in, like, Rebels and, like, the, the original trilogy and stuff like that, but also ha have so much of, you know... Padme in there from yep. you know and not just the prequels but Padme from the Clone Wars show and stuff and like her drive and them actually pointing that out in the show were yes. not once but twice it's referred of like yeah she reminds me of someone right and I just yeah. I, 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 it's I cried heartbreaking <laughs> that scene is heartbreaking when she's I like up cried. when she's like you know like uh was, was your friend a, uh, another Jedi and he was like no she was a leader and it's like god fucking Come damn it they I nearly died of sadness Sadness. They nail so much of like Leia was never a senator. She's always been a general, and it's oh, I loved it. I adored it. <laughs> it Sage, so go good. off. I Leia is my favorite character. Leia is one of those like extremely impactful. Will like genuinely changed my life growing up. The reason I am who I am is growing up with an obsession with Princess Leia. So the amount of pressure that I felt as soon as they uh, started talking about Leia being there, where I was just like. I just balled up in my chest of like, don't mess this up. Please don't mess this up. Please do not mess up a young Leia. And I think that they nailed it. I think that it was incredible. This little girl was spectacular and they gave her all of the like stubborn drive that you get to see that like, in my opinion, I would have said only Carrie Fisher could have done. You know what I mean? Like when looking at especially uh, A New Hope, you look at the like absolute just pain in the ass that Leia is at that point, And you can see everything that's happened between now and then. And uh, 
God, and getting to see Alderaan, getting to actually so spend cool. some time on Alderaan was so cool. I, I, I think she was incredible, and the whole family was incredible. I loved both of her parents. Jimmy Smith is a great dad. I just want to oh, say yeah. that. Like, God, hell yeah, Jimmy I'm so Smith. Glad. I'm so glad she had good parents. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think this was something we brought up in the. Um, uh, in our interview last week of like how fucked up it is of like you know, Leia gets off to be like a senator's daughter and then Luke just gets to be like a farm boy on a sand planet and I love that they leaned into that of like you know you see a little bit of Luke's life and then you know like when we get to Alderaan and you just see like the the extravagant life that Leia lives it's like I, oh my god. <laughs> I will say they flipped that a little bit too because uh, when you have Obi-Wan watching over Luke and you get to this point where he's like well my duty is to the boy you get this like, wait, no, hold on. Yeah. We were kind of just talking about how like Leia got the like better deal. And then it was like, actually, that's kind of messed up, Ben. Yeah. What do you mean your duties to the because boy? Because he's They're so twins. lost. He is so lost right now. And I love it. And it's so weird. I love it, it. It was it was kind of whiplash uh, for me a little bit, and in, in, in a good way. I'm not saying this as a criticism of like, we're so used to seeing Ewan McGregor play young, hopeful, funny Obi-Wan and now it's like the we're actually seeing the first time of him not fully being the Obi-Wan that we see in A New Hope but like more in that like even more lost stage where he is so blinded by I you know my only duty is to protect this child this specific child and how how much he is almost failing of you know being blinded by that of, you know, like kind of like telling Benny Safdie of like, hey, sorry, like I, I'm not the guy you're looking for and stuff like that. Go bury your lightsaber in the 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 Dune Sea, which is something he literally does at the end, uh, like uh, where Obi-Wan brings out his buried lightsaber along with Anakin's lightsaber, um, which was also just very heartbreaking. Um He's lost right now, and I fucking love it. But it's also weird because it's like I've never seen Ewan McGregor play Lost Obi Wan, and it's yeah. so weird. And you know that's that's what's ah. working really well for me so far is you know we we knew what to expect from this show, which was essentially more Ewan McGregor, and it's like great, that's all that I really need. One of our favorite things from the prequels is him being Obi Wan, but I didn't expect the transition to him becoming Ben to be so well done and so believable and sure some of it's like on the nose but i think it kind of has to be and i like i did not expect his force powers to be like kind of an issue for him and to him not really have uh access to it like that is such a, a cool thing and the the blindedness of him needing to be there for luke while he's losing his powers like it's kind of a really really interesting i don't want to say twist but it's it's an interesting development. uh look some development in what we know becomes the alec Guinness uh obi-wan right and like just going back real quick to uh to um leia like i Loved the casting, thought she was great. And yeah, like Padme is one of my favorite characters. Like I've always really liked her. And episode three, we talked about it at length a couple weeks ago. Uh, like there's some problems with their characters, some major, major problems. And like they yeah. dropped the ball like entirely. Um, and to see the 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 bridge between Amidala and the Leia we know from A New Hope and all that is so cool because like even just the, not just like the direct things, but like her uh, having like a body double and like switching out. I'm like classic Padme, you know, like that's just so, so fun. And like such a, it's a, that's the type of reverence I, I enjoy where it is character based and Star Wars has always been about that family stuff. And like, even if you don't know your parents, what 
what is brought down from them to you just through who you are? And I think that they're continuing that in a great way. They only ever gave us what Luke got from Anakin. And that was kind of always it. They didn't connect Luke to Padme at all. They at didn't all. care about that. And they never tried to really connect Leia to either of them either. I mean, in the prequels, you got to see that like mirror of Padme at least being like kind of a, you know, difficult child in the best way. Um, but this being like also her love for droids too, like the way yeah. that she cared for them, the way that she got that from Anakin in a really cool way. Uh, I think that that was the most care that we've seen them really take with uh, a woman's story in Star Wars yet to me when we when we give them a full backstory. And that meant a lot to me personally. Yeah, I just going back to him, uh, uh, Obi struggling with the force of like, that's a concept that was brought up in um, Jedi Fallen Order of, I, f I forget her name, but um, uh, the Jedi who essentially like recruits uh, Cal to like help build up a new order and stuff like she cut herself off from the force after a fear of, you know, being uh, pulled too much to the dark side where it's like Obi-Wan, it's just like literally just a survival instinct of just like you can't be a part of the Force anymore. And the fact that the first time we assume he has used the Force in 10 years was to save Anakin Skywalker's daughter just yeah. fucking ripped my heart out. And, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of very specific, like, lore things I want to talk about and kind of dive into um, that are that are really interesting and uh, just, like, interesting follow-ups and interesting developments on, like, where the show could go. Um, the, the, the first one, of course, because this was something that we were wondering in the trailers of, like, is Obi assuming that Anakin's been dead the entire time? And the third sister, Reva, like, telling him of, like, Lord Vader will be pleased and his reaction that she can feel through the force assuming um, where she's like, oh, you didn't know. And like how that fucks him up from that moment to credits um, was really, really heartbreaking. And like being next to the child that, you know, of this Sith Lord, uh, like realizing that he's still alive and then cutting over to uh vader waking up in his uh little tank uh and stuff like that like it's just what a gut punch um in a in a very cool way and i i, I love that they even tease it a little bit when he's talking to to owen um who is joel edgerton uh coming back to play a, a younger uncle owen who i just want to say you know nails the luke yell where he's calling out Luke, and, like, it very much sounds like the original Uncle Owen from A New Hope, and I was like, good job, Joel Edgerton. You're, like, you're aging <laughs> you into did this your role. One thing. Like, yeah, you did your thing. But I I, I love just, like, the, the quick uh, call-out where he's like, like, you trained his father, and, you know, like, you know, Anakin's dead. Like, my brother-in-law is dead and stuff like that, and I, I, I love that kind of, like, oh, they – they have no idea what the reality is going on in the galaxy right now and who's actually leading these Inquisitors, which is uh, really cool. Yeah. Ewan McGregor's performance when he finds out about Anakin is one of the best acted moments in Star Wars thus far. And I'm going to die on that hill. But that moment and that like continued very prolonged, exhaustingly long moment of him processing it with Leia in the background just being like, what? What is it? Because she's just a kid and yeah. there's no way to possibly explain this to her. And she is deeply involved in this in ways that she won't understand for another 10 years, approximately. 
was just heartbreaking. I feel like Ewan McGregor showed up for his Brian Cranston Breaking Bad moment. Oh, yeah. In the best way. Hell in yeah. his like end of Breaking Bad, last two seasons of just like a broken man. Oh yeah. my God, Ewan. <laughs> so we have more to say, but before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe, all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now, I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Me Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the Undies, and then boom, Me Undies socks, baby. That's how we do out here at Kind of Funny. I love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that, but if you don't, Let's face it, summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from. But if you just like classic black, that's totally cool too. They got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for. They have super fun seasonal prints, tons of styles and sizes extra small to 4XL. So you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you first time purchasers. You can get 15% off. If you sign up for their free to join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. To get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kind of funny. That's MeUndies.com slash kind of funny. Tell them Tim Getty sent you. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early without direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. Uh, so. What are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash KF games. That's C-H-I-M-E.com slash KF games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Get started at chime.com slash KF games. Shout out to Credit Karma for sponsoring this episode. Want a new credit card but not sure how to choose? You don't need to apply for the first offer that you see in the mail. Credit Karma can help you zero in on the right option for you and apply with more confidence. I love Credit Karma. I've been using it for years to check my credit profile, make sure everything is good and on the up and up. Uh, credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issuers so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. Best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and most importantly, will not affect your credit score. That is huge. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the right card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. That's creditkarma.com or hit up the Credit Karma app to find the right card for you you that's creditkarma.com yeah i i love that scene as well i do think that uh reva is that her name oh reva reva Reva's so uh, good like i love the jedi parkour the extended jedi parkour scene it's very um, funny I, I, it's so I, I unnecessary it's funny, but it's but so cool the thing is I, I legitimately i thought it was cool like i i it's really so liked badass. it and it was awesome but i thought it was very silly that after all of it it you see how far she is from where her goal was and you're like 
what was all that for? I like, know, you I, did, you're so far away from your your target. That but. was one of my like my two criticisms of these first two episodes was that where she's like doing all this cool sh uh, shit to like rush over to this fight to like show up to the fight way too late, and then uh, like, and I think that was not really on like. I don't know. It was a, it was a weird choice, I think, of of storytelling to like kind of pace it out that way. And then the the one thing from um, the ending of the first episode, just like as an editor, like I thought it was like a weird choice of the way they kind of kept cutting back from Obi Wan, uh, you know, bringing up the the lightsabers that he'd buried. Uh, back and forth from that to uh, baby Leia hanging out with Flea of all people um, and stuff like that because like almost every shot that they cut to was like. Okay, this feels like the final shot or whatever. Oh no, we're still going. Oh, this is the final. Oh, oh, okay. It was like those were the really only two real criticisms I had of the the first two episodes because everything else came... I was want to talk about is just like cool dumb Star Wars yeah. shit. <laughs> Her parkour. There was only one moment that I went <laughs> okay, uh, and it was the front flip. Yeah, <laughs> there was just a front flip that it was just like it felt like you could almost see the wires when she did it. And like, look, I don't mind it. I'm happy yeah. to justify it in my brain. That was the only moment because I was like, hell yeah, this parkour is incredible, and I was so in it. I was so hype, and I was like, oh my god, the way she jumping off buildings the way that she like left across one of them and it was very like animalistic yeah. and like going for your hands first yeah. was so cool and i am able to justify all of that by they have set up a character that is excessive in her rage and is blinded by it in a lot of ways so i'm like of course she's late to the fight because she's doing angry parkour to the point sure. other inquisitors are like chill dog just like, chill dude chill. And, and that to me i think is something uh there, there are two Things that I, I'm not totally loving so far about the show. One of them is Reva, and one of them is the kidnapping scene and Flea and all that stuff. I thought that was like the worst part of the show, like by far. Like I felt like it just didn't feel up to the level of quality that the rest was. But the Reva stuff I'm interested in because I just think that I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now because I feel like they're building to something that is going to make all of my criticisms like a moot point because right now I just don't like her character just being just as angry and as kind of like quippy one-linery as she is. It feels mm -hmm. a little bit like generic. Like it feels like the bad stuff about Marvel um, as opposed to the good stuff about Star Wars. Um, but I feel like all they need to do is like give her a backstory I actually care about um, and get flesh her out a little bit more that mm -hmm. I imagine that they're going to. We're only two episodes into this and she seems to be like the actual main antagonistic force to yeah. Obi-Wan in this. So yeah. Um, uh, I'm excited with what they're doing, but I do think that where, where we're at right now, I'm kind of like, you feel a little bit generic bad guy, and I want a little bit more from from Star Wars when Darth Vader is another villain in this exact series. See, and I'm all in for Reva. I think Reva's badass. I think she's very, very cool, and I think that they planted the seed enough for me because there were two things that were said that were enough to make me go, okay, I understand. I get what's happening here. I don't know what it is yet, and I'm very excited to find out. The first was when she was trying to get to Obi-Wan like the first time, and she was like, I will get my revenge, or something like that. I, I don't remember I'm what the exact reason. Is what she I am says. owed this. Something like that. That there is some kind of personal vendetta yep. uh, that clearly explains why it is Obi-Wan in particular. She doesn't really care about the other Jedi. It's all about Obi-Wan. Yeah. What is is it, was she, I mean, he said that a lot of the people were Jedi that were turned. Is it possible that there is a, a like a hostility because he wasn't able to protect her yeah. when Order 66 because was executed? Not, because Maybe she watched a bunch of other kids get slayed, you know? Because it's not like, um, you know, it, like they, you have to, like they understand that Yoda is also still out there. Like, it's not like she's just trying to go for like a high level Jedi because, you yeah. know, that's going to get her more like honor or whatever. Like mm -hmm. she's specifically 
after Obi-Wan. And, you know, it's it's not just that, but it's also we opened up on a flashback to Order 66. Mm-hmm. She's 100% of one of those kids Love in that it. opening yep. scene. She's one of those kids. She's oh, one yeah. of those kids. And, like, they talk about, like, you came to us from the gutters and stuff like that. And, like, you know, we helped you, like – you showed us your power and stuff like that, and we're giving you the tools to, like, be this Inquisitor. Um, I 100% think in there turning her into an Inquisitor, because, again, this is stuff that they explored in Jedi Fallen Order of, like, just the really fucked up things they do to Jedi to make them turn. Again, I'm blanking on her name, so I feel like I got to look it up at this point. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order character. You're talking about Seer? Seer, yeah. When they, like, yeah. showed her her own Padawan turned into a, an Inquisitor to also yep. get her to come to the dark side and stuff. Like, they do fucked up things. And so mm-hmm. I think in, like, the process of turning her into an Inquisitor, they, like, either – like, I wonder if she either saw Obi uh, when he returned to the, the temple to, like, change the um, – uh, the, transmission. the mess- yeah, the transmission thing. I wonder if yeah. she saw him and she was like, he's here to help other Jedi, right? And, like, the fact that, like, him and Yoda left not, like, trying to look for anybody else. Like, I wonder if, like, they're going to feed into that. Like, I, I'm i on the same level of you, uh, Sage, of, like, they gave me just enough where I'm like, oh, I'm something's all there. Yeah, something's there and I'm all in on it. And, like, even just now knowing as little as we do, just with, like, how ferocious she is and like just how just the rest of the inquisitors are even like bro you need to chill the fuck out man i forget which uh brother he's playing but uh, uh han from fast and furious fifth brother <laughs> he's playing the fifth brother um i just want to say like i really liked the other uh inquisitors that we've seen so far mm-hmm. as well even though right like uh reva is like the main antagonist force in this um you know, I re- I really liked uh, Han playing the 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 fifth brother, um, because he's so you can see he's like really having fun like being that villain yeah. role. And then you know, I I I we called out or I called out in the the trailers. I do think the Grand Inquisitor looks a little weird. Again, that's because you know there are these these um characters that were designed to be cartoons and ad- adapting them into real life. It's never gonna uh, feel quite right uh, realistically. Yeah. But That's okay. He's dead I now. I will say, well, n- no, he's not. But <laughs> I will say, I really liked that actor, and I really liked his portrayal of the Grand Inquisitor. Of like, even though he didn't look quite right, like I really loved his portrayal of it, and like just getting into that role, I, I, I really felt that. I want to speak about the Grand Inquisitor because, of course, the knee-jerk reaction I had was like, "Wait, he's a villain in Rebels. He can't die here." And so the yeah. the thing that I, I texted a friend of the show, Jonathan Dornbush because we were immediately texting after we uh, finished this last night. Um, I texted him. um, My guess is he's, like, he's out for the rest of the show. Like, uh, Grand Inquisitor, his story is mainly, I would see, like, his story is Star Wars, like, Star Wars Rebels and stuff like that. And so I I think they wanted him here just as a reminder of, like, hey, he's around, but they're going to have him knocked out for the, like, the kind of the rest of the show. So there's no, like, real leadership um, with him out uh, for the rest of the Inquisitors, which kind of requires Vader to, like, be the guy who comes and, like, kid, settle down. Dad is here. Like, even though your Grand Inquisitor uh, dad is, you know, taking a nap for a few episodes, I am here, and I'm here to lock shit down. Um, that's, yeah. that I, I think the storytelling uh, reason is is there, and I'm, I'm, I'm for it, so. I love that he said in actuality. Just like yeah. Obi Wan did the prequels, um, I I don't really have uh, uh, 
like a attachment to how he looked in, in rebels like honestly i don't even really know so i'm not comparing it that way i'm just saying he looked goofy in this and it like kind of took me out of it a little bit but i'm with you that i loved everything he said i love what he did and it, it won me over by like a minute in where i'm like okay this yeah. is how he looks i can get over it and it's it's gonna be okay you know yeah, I thought his head should have been a little longer, but honestly, I didn't find that he looked too silly. As far as, like, Star Wars aliens go, I mean, I, I don't feel like he was a super particularly silly-looking alien. Yeah. yeah. One thing that kind of bums me out um, is that, and this is coming from from somebody that hasn't even seen all of the, the cartoons, but it bums me out that they don't embrace the cartoons as much as they pretend that they do. Like, mm. why didn't the... Uh, little previously on thing include stuff from clone wars like i feel like they totally should have and that i had that same reaction where the moment where i was like they got to show like clone Wars stuff right because you know they were even saying in their like hey like watch order of things to build up to the kenobi they were recommending arcs from clone wars and stuff like that i think the reason they avoided it and again not that i agree with it but on like a, just a business standpoint trying to grab star wars fans i feel like including even just like animated stuff in the recap I feel like would have alienated people who are just here for live action stuff because I think we have to get to the point of like if you're if you're not in on the the cartoon stuff you're just I don't know if you're ever going to be and so I, I wonder if they saw that as like a we could do it but we want to grab the people who are a little more of like just the movie people and you know like uh, that might alienate them if we you know include all this other shit in there not saying i, I get agree that with it. no i know i know i i get that but i'm just in my opinion it's like well then you need to make different live action shows that don't reference the cartoons every other second because right. at this point that's what that is and it's like just embrace it just like treat that stuff as if it is just as important because you're telling us it is just as important and like nobody that like all the prequel haters they don't they look at it and they're like hayden christensen sucked you know, they don't look at it as like, oh, him and you and McGregor had a great relationship. But anyone that watched Clone Wars is like, no, y'all don't fucking get it. Show us that. Like, let's let's get into that more because that's what I'm imagining we're going to get for the rest of the show based on uh, what they've given us so far. But so I'm just saying I, I, I'm just bummed out that they're not like committing as hard as they should because they have really great stuff. Um, and I also did think it was really funny that he has the flashback dream where he's like having a nightmare and it's like the prequels were a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I love in that moment because this was something that we also theorized about in the, the trailer reactions of like and just in like other stuff of like once Qui-Gon popping up. Oh, he's we, coming, baby. He's oh, he's coming. The fact that he like woke up and then he's like calling out to Qui-Gon. Yeah. And it no makes response, me think that he's been so... doing that for 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you think this has been his nightmares for 10 years, and every night he wakes up and he calls out to Qui-Gon? Daddy Qui-Gon? Yes! And it's so sad. It's so sad. I predict he's coming. We're going to get Qui-Gon in a kind of, like, get-your-shit-together kind of uh, scene at the end of episode Great. 5, lead, leading into the, the finale. Um, yeah. See, I, I love it. Like, I feel like they they set up a low enough stakes story that we're just invested in that we know there are certain plot points that we're going to have to get to like it's more him and Vader driven. and it's more character driven and I'm like yo they're delivering on it I do think that that's going to lead us to a couple silly things where it's like Leia being on this grand of an adventure so soon but again that's what Star Wars is and if you yeah. just you just need to understand there everything is connected everyone has met each other 10 billion times before right. so as long as they're meeting each other, doing cool things, I'm going to be okay with it. And I'm really digging the relationship between uh, Leia and Obi-Wan. And I just love that we're now in this very unique position where 
it is equidistant essentially between like the new hope people we know and the prequels so getting this kind of like crossover bit is like sure does every question need to be answered no but if they answer those questions in a fun way i'm all in and so far they've been knocking that out of the park for me and I don't mind her being on a grand adventure because nothing about who she is in A New Hope would imply that she hasn't seen some shit. Oh, yeah. Like, the absolute uh, chutzpah that it takes to be, you know, just jumping onto Empire ships and the, like, quick ability to uh, jump out and tell the lies and she had it so unlock. I'm like, she's she's been doing this. Yeah. I'm very, very comfortable with that. I think it sets up beautifully how Leia ended up who she is. When it's yeah. like, you're telling me a princess just jumped onto this like imperial ship? No, absolutely no, not. No, no. <laughs> no yeah. way. Um, no way. Yes. I just, I, I want to just go back again talking about you and how great he is. <clears throat> um, and just like how they're depicting Obi right now in this uh, era. Like it, it really is reminiscent of like not so much in the game, but like more in like the trailers leading up to Jedi Fallen Order of like the kind of like, mindset that Cal Kestis was in of just like you're there to survive like blend in all of this stuff and like how much Obi is also like adapted that because he thinks you know this mission of protecting Luke only is more important than anything um and just like the like Jimmy Smith had to go to Tatooine to like be like yo Shit is bad. She is just as important as he is. That was our understanding when we left. And, like, to kind of slap him to be like, dude, you are fucking lost. And, like, he even says, like, I'm find someone else. She'll be better off. I'm not who I used to be and stuff like that. Like, Leia, the other child getting kidnapped at first was not enough for Obi to be like, all right, I'll go do the thing. Like, Jimmy Smith had to be there and be like, wake up. Please, for yeah. the love of fucking Christ. And I love how that's slowly coming back. Um, you know, him protecting Luke, but really not fully having Luke in his life. Um, and, you know, not on purpose or whatever, not, uh, but like, you know, not by any of like his um, kind of, um, I, I forget the word that I'm trying to say here. Um, not on purpose best word I can think of. Sorry, I'm really out of it. Um, it's okay. But now being able to be part of Leia's life in a very, like, a happenstance kind of way, it's one of those, like, he's starting to, like, reawaken to, like, what this was all for, um, which I, I really am excited to see of, like, how, you know, how that is <clears throat> fought off in, or, like, how that's balanced between, of like, what he's fighting for and then, like, the realistic of, like, what he's fighting against and, like, how much fear he's going to have in either protecting that or actually fighting against um, his friend who is still alive and is still the Sith Lord uh, versus protecting uh, his children. Um, I just... Uh, Popping up in my notes, I just love that I've written down, Obi sneaks through a space meth lab, because uh, that was also, uh, that was great. And him using the spice to, like, throw down and yeah. run away from Flea was fucking fantastic. That was a whole great sequence there. Another thing I really liked about uh, the, these episodes so far was kind of seeing a different side of Star Wars, which is kind of just the more day-to-day, -day, just normal life that we haven't had too much of in the live-action stuff, at least. Uh, but there was two examples that I thought they did a really good job of. One is Obi-Wan just working at this really shitty job, and, like, it is just this slow-moving... Him just, like, sneaking his little fish every day, his little sand yeah. fish. <laughs> like, it's just so, like, damn, that's where you're at, Obi, okay. Uh, but then just the line on Alderaan of, oh, you'll have to change in the speeder. 
like it's just such a mom thing like of her <laughs> saying that's a Leia of like acting like oh yeah you'll change the car don't worry like I just I love that because it humanizes this thing that to us is so often having to deal with the force and all this crazy stuff or all the politics but it's like you know people just kind of live their lives too <laughs> and her cousin I know yeah. they like Shit. set that up too <laughs> to be like you know, hey, she's aware that she was adopted, um, which is very interesting because we don't see a lot of that, like, confirmation anywhere else in the story. Right. And I know that's what that was for, but it was also one of those things where it was just, like, a kind of human interaction between a couple of kids and that cousin being a jerk that's, like, probably not important at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, we just went 36 minutes. We haven't talked about Kumail. We got to talk about Kumail. Let's go. I loved the bait because, again, like from the trailer, I was like, oh, he's a Jedi. And then they like do that. They set that up. And I love the, you know, the second he's on screen and it's like the second he starts talking, I was like, sums up. Sums mm -hmm. wrong here. And I oh, love that. Yeah. Like, Obi, like they like he doesn't feed into it. He's just like immediately like, oh, I for I sense, you know, magnet, bitch. Like, wh who do you think you are trying to like? profit off of this you asshole and that was so uh, good it's so good he's such Kamil a knocked that roll out he yeah he's such a charming asshole so well and i i love it and i love like the little bit even you know another like weird thing where i was like he kind of does the 180 where he's like you know what i'm actually gonna help you out even though the last scene we saw me in you know i was gonna hunt you down and stuff like that um, but I, you know, I, I still loved the kind of like, I'll hold them off kind of stuff. And the third sister, or yeah, the third sister just kind of like walks through them like fucking yeah. nothing. And it's just like, uh, that was so good. I felt like that was pretty earned actually. And I, I thought about this for a minute. Cause I was like, that is a quick turnaround when I understand he's like, we're going to get to them first. I'm willing to justify that he was lying to that kid. A hundred percent. That dude's mm. always lying. For me, what it was, the thing that justified it was that they clearly set up that he was a Jedi fanboy. He yeah. does this because, damn, would he love to be a real Jedi. That's true. And he's a scam artist, and he's a little rat instead because that's who he is. But, like, I think he does it from a place of thinking Jedi are that freaking cool. And the idea of seeing one himself in person when there's been, you know, nothing from the Jedi for ten years at this point... I, I completely get that flip, and I think it was just well-played enough that I was all there. I'm down for that. Yeah. yeah. I, like that. I love him I'll, as a Jedi fanboy. No, it's great. <laughs> I mean, he's so he's perfect for that. Oh, my God. Uh, one of the craziest things in one of the, the fight scenes in, in the alley, uh, one of the dudes that was fighting is this dude, Gak Attack, who uh, we made videos with back at IGN, and it was like a homie of ours for a long time that we hung out at VidCon. So, Gak wow. Attack, is shout that the, out for was you. That, was that the um, the bounty hunter where he knocks out and he kind of like takes the calm from, or was that someone else? That was someone else. It okay. was the one uh, – it was one of the spice people in the spice fight. When oh, okay, spice okay, down. okay. Yeah, but I was like, holy shit, that's freaking crazy. I haven't seen you in like 10 years. But That is so cool. Yeah. I also feel like we got to go back to the beginning and we got to talk about that first Jedi. Yeah. That incredible fight scene. That Dude. was phenomenal. That was like, awesome. Like lightsaber choreography-wise, that heads towards the very, very top of my yeah. list. 100%. That was so – cool and it was hopeless in a way that was really interesting mm -hmm. and the desperation in it and it just being her and I kept being like other people are going to show up to help right other people are going to show up to help right and no one comes I know. oh the my way she just god falls at the end too mm -hmm. after just 
one blast to the protect the them first I and know. then falls. It, it's so fucking heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, that was such a perfect balance of like you know we talked a little bit about prequel the prequel kind of choreography being a little too choreog like a too like you know like showy. planned out and very showy and stuff and this yeah. that opening scene was such a perfect balance of like what they were trying to go for in the prequels and then also just like the natural um kind of uh nature of like how those fights went in like the uh the um original trilogy and stuff like that like it was so so well done i i absolutely loved it and it felt like tim it, was that all one shot too it felt like just like one yeah. kind of like panning and stuff like that. i love stuff like that i love action scenes you know it's like almost a trope at this point when they do stuff like that but it is uh that was so fucking cool it was awesome and uh you know i said this last week but order 66 is like one of the most iconic moments in movie history and i anytime we get it from a different perspective it's just it's so damn cool this Hits. is not an exception to that it, it hit really hard um but another thing that i love about star wars is when they kind of like question decisions that were made from the past and kind of recontextualize certain elements and kind of bring out the wars side of it all like in uh, last jedi we saw a little bit about this with the um the, the idea for, of you who's know, paying like, for yeah. yeah like all that stuff it's like it's all the same shit you know but having the um like the the veteran clone soldier uh like the the, the like down and this out homeless, it was like, like uh, clone trooper and that someone pointed out i think on twitter had the 501st like armor and stuff like that like that was so you think he recognized Obi-Wan? Well, that's what someone was like because he was part of the 5-0. Apparently, again, this was just something I saw really quick on Twitter of like pointing out of like it seems like the 501st like specific like um uh kind of like a paint job or whatever whatever they do to like kind of uh show that. Um and because of that, there's like a very good chance that like he did recognize Obi-Wan because that was his general's best friend, you know? Yeah. And that that was just like so fucking heartbreaking but i love and i love that it didn't say too much you know like that was just like a moment because i was wondering of like uh, is this gonna be like a weird thing where like this is like rex in his like weird like homeless years for a bit before we find him on a, a sand planet in in rebels and stuff like that or what are they doing here and i just love that kind of like for obi-wan as well of like this weird this is the face of like many friends that I've had for years, but then also the face of like what caused the like destruction of my people kind of thing. And that was just, that was also great acting from, from Ewan in that moment. I adored it. Any other standouts for you, Sage? Oh my God. So many things throughout this. Um, I thought it was really interesting. The only question that I found myself not being able to justify um, was Reva being able to pull that information from Camille Nanjiani's character and then not being able to, or at least not exercising that throughout the rest of the show. That's a big power to give her that I'm very intrigued by. My, my thoughts on it, if you're talking about when she was uh, kind of fucking with um, Uncle Owen, Right. I'm talking about, yeah, I mean, when she was fucking with Uncle Owen, she could have easily pulled that information about Obi-Wan from Uncle Owen. Totally. But my thing there is I don't think she – I there's a couple lines of dialogues and setup in these episodes that kind of we, because we know Star Wars, are expecting it is going one direction. But I think that if you are, like, trying to understand, oh, what story are they telling, it's a little bit different. I think this is an example of it. And I think later um, when there's a line where – they're talking about, oh, I, I was fighting with your father or whatever. And it's we think, oh, Anakin is Leia's father. But they're talking about um, Jimmy Smith, right? Yeah. 
Um, and I feel like it's those type of like double entendre almost like things that like, oh, it actually works multiple ways. I think that the setup with the um, with Uncle Owen, we're looking at it like, oh, shit, she knows that this guy knows about the Jedi. But that's just because we know that, that he yeah. does. I don't think she knows that. So mm-hmm. I think it was more a threat to the public of who does know I'm going to find out as opposed yeah. to this guy knows. So I'm going to read his mind. I don't think she I think she could have, but she mm-hmm. wasn't uh, motivated to because she had no idea he would know yeah although it is kind of weird though because she can kind of just sense obi-wan later and like what figure out that he when he feels about vader or whatever but maybe uh, but that's, that's uh, but that's also after he reattached himself to the yeah that's time. what i yeah. was thinking got it got it yeah, yeah. yeah. that's cool as fuck. Been, <laughs> yeah i think that he's been so hard to track for the last 10 years for that exact reason he has completely shot himself off from the force and i think that's what he's recommending to that young jedi as well is like literally this is how i'm staying alive if i help you we're all going to die yeah. i mean we have to talk about that too obviously him being like publicly strewn up over tatooine and front of everybody was heartbreaking and you get into this position of i appreciate them showing these flaws of obi-wan where it's like he's not currently a good strong man that like we know obi-wan to be he's not a he's not a great person right yeah. now because uh, of everything that he's been through the uh one of the lore things that was also set up in last jedi too is that luke also cut himself off from the force and when like yep. ray first like feels the island and stuff she doesn't feel luke and so yeah. that's so that's definitely lines up with like obi-wan and her not being able to sense that and stuff like that like he completely cut himself off which uh again heartbreaking um so dope the, do we think uh, that reva is one of the reasons that she is going after Obi-Wan in particular is that she's trying to like show off to Vader. Like is Vader aware of Obi-Wan and like specifically trying to hunt him down? And she's like, he wants Obi-Wan. I'm going to get him because I am an A plus student. Partially, yes, because of the line um, between the Grand Inquisitor and Reva when they're standing in that warehouse and like the freighter uh, ship dock. Um, he says to her like uh, something like about you know, it, this isn't going to get you something special. Like, yeah. you have to let this yeah, go. Yeah, I want the credit. Kind of right. Thing. And she was like, I'm not going to let you take the credit for this. I do think that she has something specific that she's trying to prove. And my my headcanon for it right now is Obi-Wan did not help her. Maybe she was grievously injured. Maybe she was in danger. Maybe she was just left completely orphaned by uh, Order 66. And that was maybe it was personally Anakin that pulled her out of it in some capacity in we can help you clearly the jedi didn't look the jedi abandoned you they left you there what they they weren't strong enough to protect you this we guy are. came back and then left yeah. with, with nobody he didn't even try right. to look for you kind of stuff yeah exactly yeah and that's the thing is he never did go out looking for anybody which is really difficult and that's that thing that calls this like weird moral thing for obi-wan and where he's at and when you see um what is that young jedi's name um, that approaches him because they don't ever like name Benny him Zappi. in the episode. He, he, <laughs> Just Betty no, Zappy. He, in, he introduces himself um, when he shows up, but it's such a quick line. Yeah, I wrote it down somewhere, but um, while you're looking for that, I just want to shout out, um, you know, Obi calling Leia princess and her responding, "I'm just Leia." Fucking, uh, it's poetry. Oh, and also, it's poetry. <laughs> being called your highness for the first time. I was yep. like, I love that. That's so good. And I love that she's never liked it. Even as a kid, yeah. it was like, don't call me princess. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I do wonder of like. Nari. What, Nari. Gotcha. N-A-R-I. That's, uh, that's who Benny, Benny Safdie plays. Um, 
I do have the question going into next week of like who who are Kamel's friends that you know is helping them get off this planet and stuff like that. Uh, that felt like a question of like who do you have that's like helping us and stuff like that. So I wonder like what that's going to lead to in these next uh, couple yeah. of episodes. I think like the easy. Very easy answer people will probably go to is them setting up Ahsoka. I'm not quite certain about that personally. Um, and that, again, I would have to go back to Rebels to specifically find the moment. But I don't know if by the time Rebels begins, Ahsoka is fully aware that Vader is Anakin. Um, I think she mm-hmm. understands that there's a presence above the Inquisitors, but I don't know if she fully understands that that's Anakin until a certain moment in Rebels. And if that's her helping Obi-Wan out, I, I highly doubt they don't have a conversation about Obi being like, hey, your big bro is uh, still alive, and uh, yeah, he's um, this evil guy right now. And so I, I, I don't know if it's – I don't think it's going to be her. I don't – at this point, I, I don't think isn't. she's – yeah, I hope it isn't. Yeah, I, I hope, hope it isn't because we've gotten her set up. Like, we got it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? We're launching off into a show and we got I her set up. I would love a live action Obi Ahsoka scene, but honestly, like, I think for this story and like where they're at, I just, I don't yeah. personally need it right now. No, I totally get that. And I also don't think Ahsoka would be friends necessarily with Kamel Nanjiani's like little rat character. Yeah. Uh, mm. If he knew, if he knew a Jedi, I don't think that he, this would have had the effect on him that he that it had when he right. saw the that's, hope that's of a it. Jedi being alive. Yeah. Like, yeah. he recognized the hope when, like, I mean, God, there's that, like, young woman that approaches Obi-Wan and is like, I was someone's daughter once. Oh, oh my God. That tells us everything you need to know about Dayu at that point. Yeah. And it's like, he's this little rat on Dayu that saw hope for the first time maybe in his whole life. Yeah. You know, going back to, to Revan real quick, um, another sign that like is we, we're all on the same page and I, I and hope that they pull off the story well of uh, explaining this. But like she clearly was a Jedi before. And yeah. I think that, like evidence of that, like for sure, for sure, is the fact that she says Anakin Skywalker yeah. is still alive. Well, well, the, yeah. like I, I'm pretty sure like all Inquisitors were former Jedi, like even the Grand Inquisitor was a protector of like the library at the Jedi temple and stuff like that. Like they're all, they were all part of that organization gotcha. at one point. Um, and they made a point for Obi-Wan to say most of them were Jedi that were yeah. turned. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's more of just a question of like, she's gotta be one of those kids from that opening scene. I, I because believe. that's the thing is like, you gotta imagine, I don't know how uh, available the knowledge is that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, right? Because like to the Empire, it's Darth Vader. So it would have to be people that knew him when he was Anakin. It's the the inner. It has to just be the inner. Yeah. Is it just the Inquisitors? Like that's that's kind of interesting. And I wonder if usually in other media, like other people who aren't like Inquisitors or the Emperor, like they describe Vader as like this – unknown absolutely terrifying entity so yeah like that that information is definitely not out there in the organization of the empire for sure um yeah i i i don't know if i have anything else left to say other than i fucking adore this so far um i i hope it it continues to kick ass like it, it has in these first two episodes um and yeah i'm 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 excited to see the rest, but I'm also sad that it's already like a month away from it being over. 
I'm also in that. I'm just like, wait, six? <laughs> Only six? Um, so I did pull up the first scene of the Jedi kids, and there is a little girl that looks like her with the there same ponytail down yeah, the back. So. Her, like short length ponytail braided. Um, that's clearly her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with y'all. So excited. Can't wait for next week. Um, one thing that I really love about this is how much it feels like a comic book Star Wars story come to life. And I, yeah. I mean that in the, in the good ways. Like, this feels like a substantial story that is is It feels like the, the, the Charles Soul Vader run, in a way. Um, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Which is cool as hell. W ways that they kind of do, like, a checkbox of, like kind of like what realistically is going to happen that you can kind of predict, but also contextualizing those things in ways that you didn't expect and how that makes it exciting, how it makes it feel earned, really cool stuff. The one revelation that I did have uh, while talking about, like, what kind of friend would Kumail have that helps him get off this planet? If we get my boy Dex, Obi-Wan's very good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Obi-Wan's very good restaurant friend who knows all of these shady things and could, like, point him to, like, a, a dart that – uh, gets him to Camino and stuff like that. If we see my boy Dex next episode, I'm gonna I lose mean, my fucking shit. That's not a bad possibility. Like that's not a bad theory. I love very it, interesting. I think I it's very it. interesting. My uh, final hot take on this is I enjoyed these first two episodes more than I have enjoyed in any episode of any other Star Wars television. Wow, I agree. Yeah, and I, I love Mando. <laughs> I love Mando, but yeah. like. This is Star Wars for me. Mando's yeah. a cool story set in the Star Wars universe. I watched this and I was like, this is a Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they and the effect that, that has on me is different. Uh, yeah. And this is by far, uh, I think, leaps and, leaps and bounds above Mando for me and just what I'm particularly looking for, which is a Star Wars story. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. For me, this is it's a high tier, but mm -hmm. I, I think that these two so far would be the, the top 10. <laughs> and okay. there hasn't All been right. that many, but yeah. hey, probably even top five. But um, I'm excited for more, and I'm hoping that like that that just that we have some bangers coming up. And I imagine that we do. But every week we're going to be returning uh, with some variation of this crew and Anthony Carboni. Uh, hopefully, it'll be the four of us every week. But with scheduling and stuff, who knows? Uh, thank you all for hanging out. Sage, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere on the internet at NotSage. I am a streamer on my channel as well as on the Pixel Circus channel uh, and usually around on Smosh Games. Hell yeah. And I just want to end on this. Y'all, at some point, that lightsaber is going to ignite. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. fucking go! I'm so excited. <laughs> the way he stared at it thinking about it while Reva was on the other side and didn't do it. Woo! Uh, Love you all.